0: This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com, your entertainment destination. Casino, poker, dining, and simulcast racing so you can wager on some of the best tracks in the country. Go to HialeahParkCasino.com to sign up for promotions, giveaways, and events. McKnight, thank you for the love on the super chat. He says, have you heard Pat McAfee's stories on PED tests? Um, No, I have not, so... Uh, I can't uh, tell you I have, um, but I'm sure they were entertaining like many, many others have been uh, entertaining in the past. So um, what's it called? What do we have going on? Still no 25,000 yet for uh, for. For Bitcoin. Man, it is stuck at 24952. It's it's right there. That's been the, the it's hit three 25 three times in the last. So it's kind of like the that's the wall. That's the that's the that's the ceiling right now, and it needs to bust through to kind of make it the floor because it's made 23, 24 its floor now. It made 21 its floor for a while, right? After after it came up from 16. Made 21 for a floor. Now it's been making the 23, 24 a floor now. And it's kind of like flirted with 25 a couple times and it's gone slightly over. I think 25, 200 is the highest it's gone so far this year. So the question is, will it bust out today? I think it's going to go to 26. I do. I, I really do. Uh, let's see. The Ronaldo Hill thing shows me that Fangio, yes, sir. Fangio and race out of Miami after one year. No, dude, he's got a, he's got a four-year deal. He's got a three-year deal with an option for a fourth. So no, um, not at all. Uh, d- disagree with that. They tested him after he recovered his onside kick. Oh, let me see, by the way. Uh, let me uh, check here, by the way. i make sure. Okay, we good. We good in the hood. Uh, Westbrook is going to sign with the Clippers, too. So that was expected, pretty much, because uh, he's a West Coast guy. So. Unfortunately, for those of you that wanted him here, which I don't know why you would want another two-point shooter here, I did not want anything to do with, uh, with w- Russell Westbrook. I didn't think it would make any sense. Love makes sense. Uh, but Westbrook would be a detriment to this team, actually. I don't think it would help. Um, Big uh Brian says, you plan on doing any live streams at Marlins games? Um, I don't know. I don't know, man, let me tell you something. um, I've tried with the Marlins and, you know, you reach out and it's like crickets, dude, you know? So I don't know what to tell you. It's, I'm not sure how they're not inspired to promote their product. So it's hard to, to continue to reach out to people and you don't get a response. You know what I'm saying? So I thought we were making some, some headway with them, but, um, you know, I've tried to reach out a couple of times and so it's hard, man. It's hard. You can't, you know, relationships are two way streets. And if you're not willing to help and, and reach out to somebody else, then, you know, you, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Now let's kid. Let, let me not kid myself either. And you know, it's not something any of you clamor for. You know, you you bring it up, but you're so in the minority that you know. I, I see it in the downloads. You know, I, one thing doing this platform, you see what gets downloaded. You see what people want to listen to and what they don't. And the Marlins talk, brother. That shit dies on a vine, and it's their fault because they don't do enough to promote, they don't do enough to get their players out there. Uh, and that's a baseball thing overall. But if you're in a if you're a bad baseball team in a market that doesn't support you, you should be overextending yourself on trying to meet people halfway. So that way they see that you're trying and then they can try. You know what I'm saying? But so really I it's not our fault. I've reached out, and I've tried, and, you know, you just don't get any any response, so what can I tell you? Um, I don't think there's a Fangio press conference, my brother. He's an old-school guy. You got your Fangio press conference, Travis Wingfield. That's your That's your press conference. The next time you talk to Fangio, it will be some mini camp or training camp, and I don't even know if it'll be a mini camp. I don't even know if they'll make them accessible in minicam. Maybe you might not even get Fangio till the the assist till the coaches start talking on a weekly basis during the regular season. And and by the way, what's he gonna say now? What's he gonna say? He's excited to be here. What's he gonna tell you? What kind of defense he's gonna run against the Bills? What's there to say? There's nothing to say right now. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to work with the guys. Yeah, that's it. What what else? There's no meat on the bone. I'd rather hear from him the week after they beat the Bills to talk about how they limited Josh Allen or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. That's when it matters. What is there to say now except I'm excited to be here, obviously wanted to be here, and that's it. He's not going to tell you anything else. He's not going to come out and say, well, I'll tell you this, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Bradley Chubb is going to have 20 sacks next year under under my guidance. He's not going to tell you that. He's not going to tell you, hey, listen, I love Jalen Phillips. We're going to make him an MVP caliber player. Not going to tell you that. So what is there to say? What is there to say in a Fangio press conference that you've got to hear? Sometimes I think as football fans, we go to these ridiculous extremes and you don't, I I don't know why it is. You don't realize it, but you don't have to because there's nothing there at all. But, you know, if he talks, it's eh, whatever, you know, what's he going to say? It's not like I'm going to get a press conference. Oh, my God. It's, you know, so. They are? Is he having one today? I haven't gotten any releases, so I don't know. Is he having one today, Sean? I'd be kind of shocked if he is. Trying to research it right now. Okay, research it. But I'm sure it'll be nice and boring and have nothing to say. So maybe he'll say Miami has some nice-looking beaches and babes. He's got a babe already, bro. He's got a California babe. You want to get him in trouble already? Big O, I bet you can't wait to go back to Cannes and pick up a new Hall of Fame inductee banner with Zach Thomas on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I want to get is this. I, I, I want to buy this to go with my Marino. So I went when I went for Marino, see, it has the 2005, see, class of 2005. See? Danny boy so there you go got my official sticker with the with the uh, uh what's it called the um the number on it and everything so uh that's what I want to get I want to get my 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 Zach Thomas one so I will get a banner you're right this banner here and it'll add 54 on it so we'll, we'll have a we'll have an updated one you're right about that I will buy that banner But I want to buy this, actually, so I can put it in the in the studio and I can have both Marino and Zach when I went for the Hall of Fame inductions. So that I am looking forward to. Yes, Yes. sir, Sean.
1: Yes. 1 p.m. today and sent it out.
0: Shocker. So there you go. So you guys can get your nothing press conference at one o'clock. I'll watch it, too. But. What's he going to say? bro? He's happy to be here. I'm happy to coach the guys. I'm uh, working on my staff, blah, 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 blah. It's the off season. There's nothing to say. Uh, Barry Jackson did say there will be a press conference. Oh, uh, Sean just um just confirmed it. Baseball like terror, like uh, terrestrial radio is dying a slow death. They just won't admit it. You're right. But but the Marlins could do better for selling their their product, and they don't. They could meet people halfway, and they don't. Uh, Big O, that red recovery hat is doing wonders for you. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can show you guys. Um, I just was blow-drying my hair. And... Come on, man. Come on, man! Where's the back of my head? The human yarmica. The human yarmulke. The human yarmulke. There you go. How about that? What can I tell you? What can I tell you? Bitcoin's still not at 25. It's right there, bro. Right there on the brink. um uh i'm a i'm a fiend bigo i need my dolphin fix i'm with you brother but there's nothing there's nothing going on <laughs> Fangio can't talk about shit there's nothing going on uh let's see uh it's always interesting to hear from our dolphin coaches no matter how boring or useless Nah, it's not when it's boring and useless there's yeah you know that's you know, I need something there. You know what I'm saying? I need some substance behind it. That's what I need. That's all. You give me some substance and then I'm good. All right, what else do we have going on? Heat signed Cody Zeller and Kevin Love, as you all know. Uh, They're off till Friday. They take on the Bucks. Panthers are back in action today at 1 o'clock. Actually, when I get off the air, I'll have some Oki to watch. And they lost to the Predators on Saturday, seven to three. As uh, they fight and claw to get into the playoffs, we uh, talked a little bit about D. DK Metcalf. Oh, uh, All Star Weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyler Hero again. I am glad that Tyler Hero went and tried it. Did he deserve to be even invited to the three point contest? No, of course not. He had no business being there. Zero. Okay. I mean, that, that's how bad the the three-point contest is, that you're putting somebody in that is so far down the totem pole in three-point shooting in the NBA that he doesn't even deserve to be there. But if you're Tyler Hero, what did I just tell you about Eric bien Screw that, bro. Tyler's got swag. Tyler could go out there, maybe try. What the hell? He's fearless. And you just never know. You might be hot that day. Dane Lillard, of course, ended up winning it. And that was cool, by the way. I like the fact that a unknown stud won one of these contests because it just doesn't happen nearly as much. They're usually fringe players, role players that are winning all this crap. You know what I mean? Like when I was watching the, the kid that was what was the name of the kid that was competing against McClung towards the end? Brother, he kept repeating dunks that were already done over and over again. In fact, the one that he did baseline, the Zach Levine one, was way better years ago. It was like, I, I, I'm watching. I'm going, dude. There's no like no creativity out of all of this. Like, you, you, you need to bring more to it. And the McClung kid was much more creative, at least, and and more, and it was harder actually what he did too. Um, but you know, I, I give Tyler credit for going and trying. Okay. And he died out in the first round, you know, but that's kind of why he was supposed to die out in the first round, because he had no business being there. Okay, but I give him credit because even if you have no business being there, he's still that kid that has that fearlessness in him. So you just never know for the hell of it. I mean, it's not like I would have ever picked him to win it, you know, but you know it was cool that he went but it was very predictable that he didn't last that's the one thing that i will say very very predictable that he didn't last whatsoever bam by the way had 4 points in the all-star game and two turnovers he did not he wasn't really much so it wasn't really much of a all-star weekend for heat fans not anything that you could brag about tatum by the way was stole the show. Apparently I didn't watch it, but I see it's 55 points and Mitchell added 40 Embiid and Kyrie, uh, each had 32. So that's, uh, some of the stuff that went on, but, uh, I thought the, I thought the whole three point thing was just kind of crazy. Now as for Mac McClung, the Mac McClung story is fantastic. Because, see, listen, we no longer have stars in these dunk contests anymore. Those days are gone, and I got to tell you something. I know for you youngins out there, I'm going to tell you something that means nothing to you, but it's going to mean everything to me, okay? And I feel bad for you that you don't even get to appreciate it. But I'm glad I lived the era when stars went to the dunk contest when stars competed for the three-point contest, when it actually mattered to them, when there was actual competition, eventually they all ended up making so much more money and they didn't need it anymore. I mean, not that Michael ever needed it because Michael had commercials and all kinds of stuff. He had money going on from the get-go. So money wasn't, he, he wasn't doing the dunk contest for money and neither was Dominique Wilkins. Okay, when, it, when you watched it, and when you watch Larry Bird in three-point contest, he was talking shit. He was telling every Larry Bird would walk into the locker room and say, all right, so which one of you guys is playing for second? Okay. So it meant something. So I'm glad I live the era when superstars competed in the dunk contest, superstars competed in the three-point contest, and it meant something to them. Whether it was Dr. J, whether it was Michael Jordan, or Dominique Wilkins, or you name it, Larry Dance Nance, or whatever it was, it meant something to them. And it meant something to us, because they, we saw it out of them that they wanted to win this shit badly. So I'm glad I lived it. Uh, You guys did it, and you lose. That's all I can say. Young America, you freaking lose. All right, you lose big time. We won big time, just like college basketball. It's fun. It's cutesy. What's going on now? And it's fun for us because UM's pretty good, and they're one of the better teams in the country. But it's a, uh, it's nothing. Again, you lose and I win. And everybody my age or older wins because we saw Michael Jordan for three to four years and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas and Alonzo Mourning and Patrick Ewing and Ronnie and and all the stars. We saw stars, superstars in college basketball. We lived it. We enjoyed it. You lose. You lose so badly, it's not even funny how much the younger generation loses. So I'm glad. I'm super happy. I'm super happy that I actually watched Pro Bowl games that actually looked like real football games. I remember John Offerdahl putting Eric Dickerson on his ass at the goal line in in a Pro Bowl game head-to-head collision and stuffed them right at the line, the kind of shit that you would never see in a Pro Bowl game the last 25 years. So I'm glad I lived it, okay? And the McClung story, you don't get to see Michael Jordan dunking. You lose. You lose big time. But I'll tell you this. America loves an underdog story. And because your contestants now in the dunk contest are nobodies, they're fringe players, they're nobodies, you ended up allowing a G League player to come up. So guess what? We're Americans. We love the underdog. And then that's where that story becomes a a cool story because here's a kid That is probably not good enough yet to make it in the NBA. I don't know if he ever will be, but he does have a skill set. And you know what this reminds me of? Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker was in shit as a basketball player. Okay? He was nothing. He was just a role player at best. He was a dunk highlight in the middle of a game. But you didn't want Kenny Walker on your team as a basketball player. But he went to the dunk contest and, you know, Harold Miner. You don't want Harold Miner on your team. But you knew he could jump and dunk. So that became kind of the the, um, the novelty behind those kind of dunk contests in those days. This was the novelty in this one. And so you feel good because here's a kid that's fighting for his dream. He made $100,000 that night, which is enormous for him right? Probably more than he makes in a 10-day contract. Definitely more than he's probably making in the G League. And so, you know, at least he he gets this this one moment to shine. Everybody got behind it because here's the kid from the G League. And I'm sure to another extent that he's white because it's kind of, you know, freakish. That a white guy? I mean, remember everybody used to freak out with Rex Chapman and his his hops, right? It's like, wow, that white kid could jump, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that also becomes part of the novelty of it that he's the underdog, the G League player, and oh my God, he's the great white wonder, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's just a it's it's a great story. It was a fun story. Um, I'm I'm happy for the kid. You know, thinking about it, you look at what the dunk contest is. It's nothing nowadays anymore. It's not something that excites any of us. And this at least adds a little a little juice to the story, you know? So the Mac McClung story, I really like what I saw there. Uh what else do we have? Uh Corey Foster says, What do I think about Skip Bayless? I guess Corey Foster is new to the show. Um Devin Jordan, thank you for the love on the super chat. Big O, when does free agency start and do you see the Dolphins as a major player they need a right tackle? I don't think they'll be a major player, but I think they'll be a player and they'll get somebody get, get a a player or two. And free agency starts Oh man, I got to look up the uh, uh you know what? In fact, i wrote it down on one of my show sheets a couple of weeks ago i'm pretty sure of that i'm pretty sure i did it let me see if i can find it hold on wait a minute let us put some boom in it
1: Oh, I got some of the dates if you want me to go oh, ahead. Or...
0: You do? You got them? Yeah.
1: Whip it out. All right, so here's uh, February 21st through March 7th. The teams can place the franchi- franchise tag on impending un- unrestricted free agents.
0: I got it. Oh, I got it. No, February right. 21st, franchise tag and transition tags. It will end on March 7th for the transition tags. The combine is the 28th through the 6th. Um, the teams, um, are permitted to talking to free agents on the 13th through the 15th of March. You can talk and negotiate with agents and unrestricted players. March 15th, the league starts free agency begins at 4 PM. April 21st is the deadline for restricted free agents to sign their offer sheets and April 27th through the 29th is the NFL Draft. I told you I wrote this. I told you I had. I just. I don't. I don't think I got to it. Maybe that day, and it was just material that I had on it. So there you go. Once again, oh, uh, February 21st they can start to lay the franchise tags and transition tags up until March 7th. March 28th through the 6th of March, February 28th through March 6th is the NFL Combine. March 13th through the 15th, they can start negotiating with agents and and, uh, unrestricted players. March 15th, the league year starts and free agency starts at 4 p.m. April 21st will be the deadline for restricted free agents to sign their offer sheets. And then the 27th through the 29th of April is the NFL draft. Okay? Thank you, Sean, by the way. So we got that. Got it? Can I give you a... Can I give you a combine nugget? Are you ready for the combine nuggets? Because when I go to the combine, I go to talk to NFL people, agents, agents, Maybe I run into some players, whatever that kind of stuff. I don't care about the shuttle. I don't care how they caught the ball in the what's that called? The um, when they're going one way and the other way. It's the uh, what's what do they call that? I forgot now. But whatever, or the forty, or the bench press, or any of that, any of that crap. Okay, I don't give a shit about any of that. Now, let me, let's have some fun with this now, okay? And I want you all to check this out because there's a lot of you out there that you freak out on how much some guy benches and some guy runs and whatever. The gauntlet, by the way, is what I was uh, thinking at. It's called the gauntlet when they're running through the middle and they're catching it. It's the gauntlet. Like, I don't care. So, the 40. This is one of those things that, oh, did you see this? Let's go over the top 40s of all time in the NFL draft. Are you ready? Number one is John, I'm always injured Ross in 2017 with a 4 2 2. 2002, Dante Stalworth with a 4 2 2. We'll run you over. Coming off a uh, Miami Beach Bridge, twenty twenty two, Kalon Barnes ran a four two three. He's bounced around the league. He's a practice squad player for the Dolphins, and I think he was on the roster too. Made a play actually. Two thousand and eight, running back Chris Johnson, pretty good career four two four, until a neck injury ended his. Two thousand and four, Dre Archer, four two six. 2022, Tariq Wooten, 426. 2020, Henry, I will run you over and turn you on fire. Rugs, a 427. 2021, Anthony Schultz, 427. 2013, Marquise Goodwin, a 427. 2005, Stanford Route, of course the Raiders would take him, 427. You see what the common denominator is out of all of this? Not a lot of great players. Chris Johnson would be the only guy, and he was pretty damn good. Okay? He had a nice little run for a certain amount of years, and then, unfortunately, the neck injury kind of ended his career. But more often than not, the guy that runs the fastest 40 doesn't mean shit overall in the NFL. You see what I'm saying? It just becomes, you know, um, what's the name of that guy? Uh, Paella or pa- pa- Pia or whatever that uh, the Bears drafted, and he had like, you know, 400 squats or, or bench press or whatever. This happens all the time. Oh, my God, did you see Zach Wilson in his workout? Yeah, so how's it working out for him? After his workouts. Oh, did you see how he threw opposite when he was running one way through it? And what a beautiful pass. Okay, there was no wind, no defense, no pressure. And you're wowed by that? It's It's like the quarterback that looks great in practice. And it's like, of course he looks great in practice. Nobody's pressuring him. They're not hitting him. And then he goes out to a game, and he's spraying the shit all over the place. And why? Because he's getting pressured and hit and sacked and thrown to the ground. And it rattles him. But I just, you know, when we get to the combine, we'll get to the silly shit. Like, who ran the fastest 40? Who cares? Because more often than not, the fastest 40 doesn't mean anything. Steven Paella that's it that's it thank you Sean Steven Paella you see hey let me let me look at it let me i'll show you Stephen, paella or some whatever Let's see Here we go. Let me see if I have the uh the story. I remember bench press record 49 reps. That's it. <laughs> Oregon State. <laughs> it was like everybody was like, Oh my god, did you see Mike Mamula's workout? Did you did you watch Jamarcus Russell throw the ball? You know this is the season that we're about to get into and we make these and i just think that what it is is fans get wowed by the shiny object and and they don't really look okay what's the substance behind this is there substance that's what i want to know and that's what lacks it but it's just funny. Just want you guys to look at it. Like, really, Chris Johnson was the only guy there that became like a really good player out of all those guys. So, more often than not, it just doesn't mean anything. It's just a workout number, it doesn't mean what kind of a football player you're actually going to be. Anyway. Uh, does anybody remember Mark Walton? He had some flashes of being a great running back for us, but kept getting in trouble. Yes. Um, Chase Barrett. Now's the time of year where QBs we've been, we've seen been awful in college are mocked in the top 10 because they throw hard. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Chase. The Underwear Olympics are a product of the offseason boredom for fans to have fun with. Yeah. and 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 teams to screw up their positions Tom Tom Brady had the worst combine lol right remember he was just a guy nothing because it doesn't mean anything it just doesn't bro and I I I I saw this article today about all the top 40s and and I and I looked I looked at it differently than what the article was about I go oh well well look at it now And, and so this is good perspective that wow man hey man you know this thing is you know you got some issues here bro it doesn't mean much that you get a a big 40 time you know it's just a matter of a player you like did they run well are they in good shape you know is he smart that's the other thing because some of these guys that might be really talented he might be dumb as bricks and then that just doesn't help you sometimes or a lot of times Ah, uh, Big O. What do you and the Marlins have in common that I, uh, I love both of you? Ah, okay. Well, we love you too, bro. I just wish the Marlins would love us more back. You know, it would be nice. Yep, Jerry Rice did run. I don't know if it was four seven, but I think it might have been a four six. But yeah, when he uh came out of what is it, Mississippi Valley State, I want to say is where um. Where uh, Jerry is from, yeah. Yeah, he ran a bad 40. And yet, when you got got him on the field, nobody caught him. (laughs) He got behind the defense, caught the ball, and just ran to the end zone, and nobody was going to catch him. But no, he ran a really slow 40. So did Larry Fitzgerald, I believe. I don't think he ran a, a fast 40, I think. And he dominated forever. So... Uh, Dougie Fresh says, "Caylen uh, Balage, the workout cyborg freak, with every measurable off the charts. We'll check him out and back up for the San Antonio Br- Bram uh, Bulls, the Bram Bulls. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the XFL yesterday or the over the weekend. The Battle Hawks beat the Brams or Bra- Brahams or whatever the, they're called, eighteen to fifteen. The Renegades beat the Vipers twenty to 20. The roughnecks, huh?
1: What are they? The Brahma's, like the Brahma bull, the rock, the Brahma bull.
0: Oh, okay. So that's what it's how that's how it's pronounced. I didn't watch any of this. Brahma bull. Okay, there we go. I, if I would have watched it, I would have probably picked up on the pronunciation. Renegades beat the Vipers twenty-two to twenty. Roughnecks beat the Guardians thirty-three to twelve, and the Defenders beat the Sea Dragons twenty-two to eighteen. Did you see who played for the uh for the uh defenders there, Sean?
1: That wasn't the Paxton was? Lynch team, was it?
0: That uh I I know Paxton Lynch played. I don't know what team. Yeah, he wasn't but good. De he De got Eric benched. King. Oh, okay. Derek King plays for the defenders.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And he was one of two for 7 yards and he had eight rushes for 14 and a touchdown. No, oh. so De'Eric King did use his legs for uh, for a touchdown for the for the winning defenders over the Sea oh. Dragon.
1: They had AJ McCarron throwing to uh, Josh. Uh, oh, yep. Flash Gordon, Flash Gordon, Josh Gordon,
0: Josh Gordon. Yeah, he had like yeah. seventy yards. Yep. AJ McCarron, another one that I wrote, eighteen of twenty six, one hundred ninety yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, Martavius Brown was went in it. The box scores they kind of look to kind of look to see who was there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, I need to know, was A.J. McCarron's wife there at the game?
1: She might have been the only person they didn't show.
0: uh, Yeah, because if they went to the sidelines to show her, I might just watch those XFL games just for that. Okay? Because I know Brett Musburger's watching it. If anybody remembers Brett Musburger, drooling all over AJ McCarron's girl, <laughs> she became a thing when he was in Alabama. You know, because she's gorgeous, by the way. So you know yeah, what? He, 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 he he outkicked his coverage is what he did. What I like what I did many years ago, outkicking my coverage with my wife. Yes, what what did you say?
1: No, I was gonna say the the interesting thing was they the XFL and I, and I know football without Michaels does it a little bit more, but on the actual scoreboard, it shows who the under, you know, who the favorite is and everything. So instead of, you know, like on the bottom, it says, you know, they're three and three and a half point favorites. And then they actually bring that into, uh, it was pretty interesting watching it because they did an instant replay where, and I get it one game at a time is different than the NFL. But as soon as they threw the flag, uh, Dean Blandino, I think, was the guy. He's already looking at the play. So as soon as they say, okay, it's a thing, it was almost instantly done. It was already done, the instant replay. So the game never slowed down. It just kind of kept going. And there was a, uh, they do the kickoff from the, they do the kickoff from the regular thing, but they line the players up five yards apart at the 25-yard line. And then once the player catches the ball, then they're able to go, so there's no high collision um, things and it, and it, you know you can break it for a touchdown. Nobody broke it this week, but I I, I see that coming. As there's a couple good okay. little things that they have going, but again, it's it's one game at a time. It's not
0: Were, were, were the where the where the were the stands full for these games. No, not necessarily. Right now, I well.
1: mean, they had they they positioned the so the camera looked okay, and they went to certain areas, but uh, no, I mean, nothing was.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Was, was great. I mean, but they're also in areas where they're playing in the Alamo Dome and things like that to where there's probably not a whole lot necessarily going on either. So they can maybe, I mean, the football wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad either. So if they keep going and, you know, it kept hinting at they're associated with the NFL. That was one of the things that they kept, you know, they want to be the feeder band for the NFL and this and that. And so we'll see where it goes.
0: They have crossed over with a little bit of a relationship, but it needs to go to the next level. And what I mean by that is um, I know Skyler got a lot of play this year, but let's just say Tua stayed healthy and and Teddy stayed healthy and Skyler didn't play. Skyler needs to be sent down to the XFL in the offseason so then Dolphin fans will want to watch their player develop. So, what they need is some of the practice squad players in the NFL, uh, you know, some of those back end players that you want to invest in, but you can't give them the playing time during the season. Okay. So now you send them to the XFL and you put them there in that feeder system, get them playing time so they can kind of sharpen their skills in the offseason. When you have that kind of a crossover, then you'll be able to get some of those NFL freaks. That, you know, they like the guys that, oh, my God, I can't wait for the Fangio press conference when he's not going to say shit. There's nothing to say. There's nothing earth shattering that's going to come from that interview today. It's there's nothing, you know, but you got to have that stupid press conference, say, hi, I'm happy to be here and excited and whatever. But the freaks that want to watch that press conference, those are the freaks that you want to they want to see Scott or Thompson in the XFL. You know, in a perfect world, like if he didn't play and you're just trying to develop your backup. Jordan Love didn't play at all. Maybe you, you put his ass there, you know, last year. You know, that kind of stuff. That that kind of thing, that's what will help the XFL. But outside of that, it's really hard for these minor league uh, leagues to make it. I didn't watch one minute, and I normally watch this stuff. And I didn't watch one minute at all this weekend, but we'll see. We shall see. All right, let's get to it. Let's unleash the Wolf Pack. With Cameron Wolf. We unleash the Wolf Pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDTCPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA dot com or call 305-670-3370.
2: Here's NFL Insider,
0: Cameron Wolf. Alright, Cam, how much of the XFL did you watch this weekend? Uh honest answer, uh, none of it.
2: <laughs> I'm just I don't know if that's the right answer I should give given my job.
0: I didn't watch um, any of it either. I didn't but, watch uh, any of it either. I, I, didn't I don't know if either, you heard what and, I was and, saying and that It's I- no
2: offense to XFL. I'm glad that, that for football lovers there's another product out there um, and I don't have any comment on what the quality is and I, I will watch something at some point but this is my first uh, my first Sunday with no football and uh, about six five or six months so I spent it with my family.
0: <laughs> right I right. know. I'm with you dude I relaxed I didn't watch a minute of it myself but I'm with you but you know I I said that you know it's hard for any of these leagues to survive but the XFL has built some kind of a partnership with the NFL and I think that if you can get your fringe players your practice squad players that you don't get a lot of playing time if you can get some of those guys I'm not saying a veteran that's a five, seven-year veteran that you've got stashed on the practice ground. I'm talking about the young guys. Uh, If you could get those kind of guys, your third quarterback or somebody like that, I think that's what would actually infuse interest into the XFL because of the very sick nature of NFL fans. If some of their NFL players, even their fringe guys, are on those teams – you might now bring some more eyes over there because of that. I th- now, I,
2: yeah, I think the I think the we've seen a lot of
0: these leagues go about. You know, the XFL, the USFL,
2: and I think the key for longevity for one of these leagues, whether it's the XFL or otherwise, is to convince the NFL to partner with them and, like you mentioned, have them as a direct development branch. Because let's be frank, we don't have a another and the football's different, but we don't have another sports league where people willingly watch minor league um sports but the football has the best chance but the only i think direct route is one to have a development um wing so that you can um, it could be a, a cycle back and forth but also because fans connect to it, and you know how fans are—they get so much. You know, yeah. Dolphins fans want to know who's the backup right guard, you know, right now. So it, they would be following. Okay, who's going to be in our pipeline? Who's, you know, can a guy go back down there to develop if he's struggling? If you draft a guy in the seventh round and he's your, your you know, your third-string running back or quarterback or linebacker or something of that sort he can go down there and you still have his rights. And so you can watch him in the offseason and get excited about him or get excited what you're building. And it gets guys reps. And particularly for, like, positions that are hard to develop in season, like quarterback and, like, the linemen, the trenches, The I think that's the most important. And that's kind of really, really bad. Yeah. That's kind of that, really bad. Exactly, exactly. And that's the hardest position to, to have good quality, which is why a lot of times these leagues don't have great quality because the quarterbacks and the trench play. Which is the hardest to find aren't great the receivers are going to be going to be fine you're always going to be able to find receivers you're always going to be able to find some sort of uh db to an extent right and so it's harder to find the big dudes and the guys who can really sling it as a signal caller and so uh those are the guys to meet development wise like imagine if you know i don't know if you had it for every team but imagine if you had like a florida a florida team and all three florida teams sent their development affiliates to this team yeah, I would imagine. Orlando. Also, yeah, yeah, to Orlando, for example, right? I would imagine Dolphins fans, Jaguars fans, Bucks fans would all watch to see their seventh round pick, their undrafted rookie, who may be on the practice squad, and maybe it's only something where practice squad players or guys who you have. Offseason rights to can play in. Maybe it's not anybody on the 53 man roster because teams will be worried about, okay, my guy's getting hurt or tearing an ACL in the offseason. Yeah. Make it just practice squad guys or guys who are on your 90 man who don't make um, the team. Yeah. And those are the guys right. who get it in, you know? Um, so to me, oh, that's
0: developmental guys, bro. Yeah, developmental absolutely. guys. Yeah. And let me tell you something uh, a quality control coach yep. can now go in the offseason to be an assistant receivers coach. Mm hmm. You understand, like so that way, his development also is happening too. Yeah, same for scouts. Ways. Same for personnel. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you pro know, pro personnel, know, for example. I know, I know half the guys in the XFL yeah. in the personnel departments. Yeah, yeah, I know half those guys. Yeah,
2: and doesn't okay? mean those guys have to lose their job. They can keep their job, but the, this is right. But the element of this is we're talking about what it means long term. First of all, they've got to survive short term. The problem with a lot of, of these course. leagues is they, you know, last time it was COVID. So that was a little unfair. But a lot of times you see these leagues and they fall within two years. And so I'm sure the NFL is waiting to see if there's any viability, what the numbers are, what the interest is. They already have Walt Disney and ESPN on board as a TV partner. But what's the interest? Who? How many people are watching? And then once they have interest in it, then it's like, OK, we can put our name behind it and make a development front. But we got to make sure it's well run. Make sure whoever's running it, you know, the rock's a part of it. They're doing it for a good cause. They're not just, you know, throwing money away or eating the money. You know, you never know with these businesses how it's going through. Make sure it's financially feasible. Make sure it's interesting and make sure they're doing it the right way. And then to me, there's no reason why the NFL shouldn't jump in and get on board. You know, they're always trying to explain.
0: And I'll give you I'll give you something else um, that they need to do. And that's uh, this is sorry, Canada. I, I, I apologize this. Uh, they need to make sure that they're paying better than the CFL and take away the CFL's talent too uh, because you you've got to make it to where you're the second best North American league and and you become the feeder system for the CFL right and for yeah. and for the NFL's training system so that way you you know you've got that that's where you've got to make sure that you're not losing a player, to the cfl and then you're getting the third level player on top of all of that Uh, that that i think is you know again nothing personal against the cfl but if the xfl wants to survive you've got to make sure that if the player can't make it in the nfl he wants to go immediately to the xfl not the cfl and you and i we we know enough agents agents already have trouble convincing guys just to go to the cfl as it is and guys generally really don't want to go to the CFL, but they have to go to the CFL in order to keep their dream alive, make money the way they love making money, playing football, whatever it is. You know what I mean? But you you, yep. you know how it is. Yep. is. You've heard the stories. Agents yep. will tell you that, you know, they'll, they'll have a guy in the CFL and the guy's freaking calling him every day, complaining about being, you know, in the CFL and that kind of stuff. So I think it's very important that the XFL also – Uh, creates the kind of place that those players will gravitate to instead of going up north.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all a part of the long-term growth process. I think the XFL would be success-wise. And and also, like we're seeing, and I think I heard you guys talking about it before I came on, but also it allows the NFL to try different rules or different elements of the league they're coming. Like I saw the replay element. I didn't see it live, but I saw people talking on Twitter about how good it was to see the transparency of the replay system to go about you know challenges. Obviously, that's a huge issue in the NFL. We talk about it every Sunday. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? Why are they overturning right. this rule? Like you can try this sort of thing, see how it works. If it doesn't work, it never reaches the NFL. If it does work, then you can push it through. Same thing as far as like, okay, do we want to challenge roughing the passer penalties, right? right? Like, or, or some Great of these call. things, like you can, you can play with different things here, um, and see if it works and if it does push it up like it you know this league can be a, a, a practice element for the league in a lot of respects and so I, I'm excited about the potential but I think it's very very key for this next I don't know how long it is a year two years three years that they're on their own to be able to succeed as is and get people interested in it and um, in, in whatever capacity and get players wanting to go because that's the other thing. If you're if you're a practice squad guy, would you rather just wait until the offseason and take your chances in the league or would you rather get reps in the XFL? The XFL's got to make it convincing for me whether it be salary, whether it be the exposure and there be a direct pipeline. I've got to be able to see players from the XFL get signed to the NFL and continue their dream their way. That way.
0: Are you in camp? Camp? Yeah, like Dolphins camp. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it I'm looks the like you're in Yeah, I'm in the Dolphins. Okay, So you're there for Fangio's press conference yeah, at you one. Yeah, see the Dolphins okay. thing right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So no, so you're in your you're in your NFL network room.
2: Yeah, I'm mean, I'm in my my NFL le- network layer. So as you see I got a dress shirt on. I'm about to put a suit on in a little bit. I've got TV um right after Vic Fangio's presser. So I'll be on today at 1:30. 220, 240, and 255. So they're using me a good bit today. So, uh, yeah, so I'll go.
0: Vic Fangio's talking. Yeah, there's, no n- n- there's, n- there's nothing n- going right. on, exactly. so they've got to milk whatever exactly. the hell they've got. Exactly, but, like but hey, we're going to give you good content. I've yeah, got some. You've got to come up with something interesting out of a press conference that's really not going to have anything really pretty much interesting. Right, but I've got Although some, I will I, say, I, I like the little nugget he gave Wingfield that he said, well, I've uh, I've already figured out a couple of new coverages I want to try. So that was right. actually uh, – Right. Nice and you never know. If it's a different
2: it. dude. He may say something, but I also have some nuggets like um that I can share from players I've talked to and and um you know just kind of what you should expect as far as his defense. And obviously the news today that they brought in Ronaldo Hill to be the defensive yeah. pass game coordinator. And so I'm gonna provide good insight for people to come on NFL network and watch and get some get some elements there. Uh but yeah, obviously today uh we'll be doing a lot on that. We'll talk a little bit of offseason as well, looking ahead to you know, free agency and what could be uh, options there for I'll talk some Dolphins, I'll talk some Jaguars, um, and I'll talk some Carolina Panthers. So that'll be my day. What do we know about Wilkins and Sealer? Yeah, um, obviously Wilkins is under contract for his fifth year option. Um, You know, I know he has voiced and the team has voiced desire to get a long term extension there. I haven't heard anything imminent in that respect, but it is, Middle of February, so it's still super early. Um, so there's no concern about him not being a dolphin this year. It's just about long term and what that number looks like. So I think they want everything to be done. I'd imagine there's some sort of extension um, before the season, if I had to guess on it. But the timeline of that, it doesn't seem like there's uh, anything that I can report immediately. And I think Zach Sealer's a guy that you know they want to keep here too. The thing that Vic has to see, which he made clear in Travis's interview, and I'm sure he'll make clear again today, is he wants to see these guys. And so as the head coach of the defense, although we know that Christian Wilkins is a pillar here and Zach sealer has been a baller, I think he's going to want to know what these guys look like as he puts in his new scheme before fully committing to them being long-term pieces. Now, I don't think you have anything to worry about on those two guys, but maybe there's no rush into signing these guys to an extension until he gets them in their program and training camp, and then maybe you start to see some of these things Uh, trickle out
0: yeah no but i think the way i kind of look at it is um in order for you to to kind of know what the hell you're doing in free agency you're going to have to try to settle these things as quickly as possible so you can already negotiate that first year salary and lower it down and those kind of things to kind of set yourself up you're not This is, I don't think this is a process where you attack free agency and then you come back to Wilkins and Sealer. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it has to be a order. And I would imagine that they're really early in the pecking order of the offseason.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I I don't know for sure there. Maybe Vic, I doubt Vic will give us anything on that. Um, But I think what you know, the Wilkins number is a little bigger, the Sealer number is not that huge. Um, But I think what you'll probably see, first of all, is them going about restructuring. So you'll restructure some deals and get cap space that way first for guys who will be here long term, maybe a Tyreek Hill. Right. Maybe you go back to a, um, a Armstead. Armstead, if
0: you will. Connor Williams.
2: and Connor Williams. You know, these are guys who you know are probably going to be pieces. You give them extensions and then it, maybe Wilkins is a part of that group, right? So all of it depends on your cap. If you have to fit things through, but if you're talking about a big money extension, which Wilkins is probably going to get some big money, um, given how he's played, then, you know, you're going to want to make sure that's done right. And so I don't know where they are. I'm sure there's been some conversation. A lot of these things pick up at the combine or leading up to the combine. And so I'm sure if there hasn't been, there will be some conversation between Christian Wilkins agent and the Dolphins at the combine. And they will see where they are. And maybe that's where the start of a deal is coming out. Or maybe they say we table this until later in the offseason. That's a lot of what the combine conversations are for.
0: What the hell was this? (laughs) Yeah, man. Wow.
2: That was was shocking to me to see. Um, I still don't. Look at the H.
0: Look at the H. Look at the H's on his shoulder. Look at that. The H is on his shoulder, the top of his shoulder. Yep. And when he jumps, the bottom bottom of of his feet. Bottom of the feet. At the top of the H.
2: Yep. Get the hell out of here. Yep. Yep. That is wild. That is wild. And there were several players. Like, and this is how I know it's shocking. Because, like, we see stuff and it's shocking. But we don't really fully grasp how good NFL athletes are. But I saw players talking about how crazy this was. It's the wildest thing they've ever seen. And these are the best athletes in the world. I've I've watched this. I've watched that video at least 50 times to try to figure out what's fake about it. Because I'm like, I know he's doing this. He's doing this for commercial, obviously. So I'm like, there has to be something. But I can't figure
0: it out. And so either. No, no, there's nothing to it, man. Remember that we see guys from flat footed with two feet jump onto five, six foot uh, platforms. We see guys jump out of a pool. Uh, out to the to the so I, this is not even two feet this is easier with you know because you're able to lift yourself up uh, like a basketball you know a yeah. uh, uh, jumping style so that one's a little easier to jump and and but my lord that I guy was like, is D- talented. Dk
2: dK is an amazing athlete probably and it is crazy oh because God. You, I don't know if you saw the NBA all-star game. He was a part of the celebrity basketball game and he yeah, won. to all
0: over the place. Yeah.
2: Right. And so <laughs> like, I remember, I don't know if you ever seen the Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey podcast, right? Um, they have like a, uh-huh. a new Heights podcast. And one of their episodes was about can NFL players play in the NBA and Jason Kelsey's response was like, no, nobody can play in the NBA because of how great athletes they are, how different so, right. DK and probably he's right. But DK's probably got the best chance of anybody. If anybody could play, in the I don't
0: league. know about his handles. That's the problem with those kind of guys. But, I don't but the think thing about the NBA handle. is you can
2: put him in a role. You can put him in a role where his role—he's the athlete. He's—he's yeah. he's doing a lot of cutting. He's doing a lot of dunking. I don't know what his defense uh, like is uh, like. Is. Uh, like uh, like
0: like uh, Kardashian's uh, bang boy, um, Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Uh, Thompson.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's you can, not about can, handles
0: or anything. He's just right. under the rim, rebounding yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Obviously he's not gonna come in there and be, you know, you know, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler. But can he be a right. bench player where he could he can get you five or ten minutes, high energy? Athleticism. I don't know what his defense ability is or his shooting ability, but can he hit an occasional corner three? Can he can he play some defense? If you can do that, then maybe he can give you five or ten minutes off the bench as a rotation eighth or ninth guy on your bench. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe, but obviously he's not going to be a star. And I see what you're putting up here the 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 PD policy there. Yeah, that's the league saw that and was like, nope, nope, nope. We got to test this dude. We- <laughs> It's always funny, the, the random selection. So, but, I, but it's I don't like, know how the process. It, it's in,
0: but it's insulting, but. too. It's insulting, too. I get it. You guys got to do your job. I get that there's a CBA and the NFL owners have agreed to this. And you got all that. And but and I get that everybody sees that. And then immediately we think, oh, that guy must be cheating. But it, it's we also have to come to the realization that not everybody cheats. And really, athletes are just getting better and better and these better every thing. year because the training, the medicine, the 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 supplements, everything is better, dude. And that's why these athletes are getting better. And they're much more in tune with their bodies from a very young age compared to the guys that I grew up with that were drinking beer and bullshitting all, all off-season. And they actually use training camp to actually, like, get in shape. Yeah, that's how they used to do it. They would get there out of shape. These right. guys are in exceptional condition year round, bro. Yep, it's a different world now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, how many guys do we see flat-footed jumping onto platforms all off season? We see that all the time, bro. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. This is nothing. This is nothing new, but it's still freakish to watch. A guy These like do. DK Metcalf. These oh dudes
2: God. are. These dudes are incredible. Like, it's a reminder because, like, we cover these guys. And I, I'm in locker rooms all the time. And I'm still amazed at just how good of athletes these guys are, how big they are, how great shape. Like, like it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, I went, for example, like, and this is completely off topic, but I went to workout this morning. And my, one of my good friends is a member at House of Athletes. So I went to go work out with him at the House of Athlete, where a lot of the athletes train there. And I did, like, maybe an hour workout that, you know, it's was probably, like, calm down from what the athletes do. And boy, when I tell you, I am like exhausted, like I'm gonna go about my work day and I'm exhausted. Like I am tired, tired after doing an hour workout. And for them, that might be just a warm up for a, their day. And you see guys, like I always am amazed when I go to Tennessee, Derrick Henry is bigger than you think he is. However big you think Derrick Henry yeah. is, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's yeah. faster. Same thing for DK Metcalf. Like, even the smallest right. dude, like, even you name whatever backup safety corner, nickel corner you think he is, he is in better shape than you think he is. Like, people, oh, like, yeah. one more, one more. Devontae Smith, and I love Devontae Smith throughout the draft process. I was very clear here. A
0: lot of people talk see, about now you See, him. you see him jump that high. As light as he is, you yes. could believe it. Yes. But the but Metcalf is built like a freaking building. He's two
2: twenty-five. Six 225, A tank. A tank. You could you could you could like take your best shot, probably punch wise. Like the average person, oh, you to. and I, take your best shot on DK, and he probably if your him. hand would hurt more than it hurt him. That's how
0: that's yeah. how built built this dude is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh one more thing before I let you go. Uh my uh my hero. And whether it works out or not, I don't give a shit. Okay. Because life is filled with failure. That's how yep. you succeed, you fail. Yep. And a lot of us that start in our business, radio, TV, writing, whatever, you got to work at some shit paper, some shit magazines, some shit podcast place, some shit uh, radio station, some shit TV station. You start in Bumble somewhere, Egypt, whatever, you know, working or whatever. And you start in these awkward places. And that you're not, you don't have the resources and all that, but you take the job and you try to make the best of it. And then you use that to get better and better and better. Right. The easiest thing for Eric B would have been to stay in the shadow of Andy Reed for the rest of his career and coast. He, he could have, he could have Lupe fiasco the bitch kick, push, kick, push and coast. No, he, he said, I got to get out of this shadow because if I don't get out of this shadow I'll never be able to prove to myself and to everybody else that I can be a head coach cuz that's what I want to be. And so he's not getting that chance. And I get it. Washington is a terrible place. Hopefully the sale will go through soon and then that environment will change. I know he's working with a great man in Ron Rivera overall. So that's not a that's not a bad thing, right? Uh-huh. But um I think for the this was the best move possible. Whether it works or it doesn't, he goes in there, he does his best, that might lead to something better. Because if he does make the offense work, if he's able to develop a quarterback or get the best out of him, you know, like I don't think Daniel Jones is that anything. But dude, what I think Dable did with him was freaking awesome. So I give Dable a lot of credit for doing that. And that's what I'm hoping that Eric Bienname is able to do. That, but I commend him because life is full of failures. We all fail. That's how you succeed. You feed off the failure. And and to me, I think Eric Bianomi did the right thing, and I'm proud of him for stepping away from that shadow and and trying to be his own man.
2: Yeah. So um Eric Bianomi is an interesting topic here because um there's two two sides of this. And I'll start with the first one, which is different than your point. Um, and then I'll end with what some something similar to what you're saying. First point I have there is um, my first reaction is I feel like it's unfair for Eric Bieniemy to have to take a step that people before him didn't have to take. Uh, Matt okay. Nagy, who didn't call plays in Kansas City, got a head coach job. And now he's back okay. to being the OC in Kansas City most likely. And he'll probably be up for another head coach job at some point in the next couple of years, the way this works. Doug Peterson, who I think is an amazing coach, got the Philly job without being an offensive play caller or coordinator there either. He's already on his second head coach job now. And Eric Bieniemi hasn't got his first. And so to me there's something to be said about the hoops that Eric Bien-Aimé, and You could say all you want about his past uh about how he interviews, but at some point the record and the um what you do on offense and what you do as a team has to matter. And you've heard Patrick Mahomes vouch for him. You've heard players talk about how the scheme call he called off the finding something off the Jacksonville Jaguars tape in a week three game against Philadelphia. Helped them play a call in the Super Bowl that helped them be wide open and score a touchdown. That's Eric Biennemi. That's his mindset. And so he's shown he can be a good coach. He's shown what he can do on the field and he hasn't got that opportunity and so I I understand why he did it but it's a it's a little disheartening for me that to watch that it you is you have to of go but, to but I like that
0: he's saying but right. I love that he's that's, saying that's why the, the world this, and, and yeah. this
2: is this is where I'll transition because I, I do think it's unfair But at the same token, I understand why he did it. And I had no Airbnb. I had conversations with him. He was very hopeful that he got that Indianapolis job. He wasn't really to consider any OC jobs until the head coach process finished. But once it finished, he realized that, whether fair or not, clearly there's something that is preventing me from being a head coach. And whether it's the whole notion that this is Andy Reid's offense and what are you doing in it and you got to run your own ship, he's willing to go do it. Because the reality is it's going to be a lot harder in Washington. There's no Patrick Mahomes there. There's no uh, offense that's ready to be a championship contender. And the reality is, Ron Rivera, there's no guarantee that he's going to be there longer than a year. And so you're taking a very big career leap, but something that's showing mm-hmm. that he's betting on himself, his ability to build an offense from scratch and hope that it can build to something where he becomes a head coach. And I, I'm hopeful for him. I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I, I hope they have a plan uh, there. I know Sam Howell's been the talk there. I hope there's a little bit more than betting on a third-round pick to be your quarterback to to lead you. Um, but I think Eric Bannerman is essentially saying, "Hey, you know, I badly want to be a head coach, and whatever you guys say that's limiting to me, whatever whatever goalpost is moving, I'm going to try to t- attack this next one and and hope that it uh it, it leads me to the right way. And so I hope for his sake it does, um, but we'll see.
0: Cam, it's the life of a minority. Yep. It's the world that the minority lives in. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're gay, doesn't matter if you're a woman, doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're Hispanic, Asian, you know, uh we see it uh and it just happens all the damn time and B-enemy is just another of one of many 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 examples that you just mentioned all the white guys got mm-hmm. their shot And yet the black guy doesn't get his shot and so um but but what i love is and this is what we have to do at times when we're not counted on when we're not given we have to kind of tell the world well f you i'm going to do it another way i'm going to prove it to you another way you know what i'm saying yeah so i i I don't have a problem with that sometimes you know the the challenge becomes a lot harder the road becomes a lot tougher for all of us yeah and and you just have to find a way to get it done. And you have to prove people wrong. And sometimes you have to take a road that others don't have to take. But uh, I'll tell you this. It'll be the most satisfying road he'll ever achieve if he's able to have success in Washington and catapult that to that head coaching job. So that, that will be the most satisfying thing if he's able to succeed in Washington. One, yeah. because of that environment. Okay. Yep. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get extra bonus points. Like if you would have become the offensive coordinator in San Francisco, people would have said, Well, dude, you took over a team that was loaded and you took over a, a defense that limits people down to 12 points. All you got to do is score 15. I'm not impressed. You go to Washington and you fix that mess. Yep. That's gonna be impressive. Yep, that's absolutely. Absolutely. all right so nfl network this this uh this afternoon after the fangio yeah press yeah conference. as soon as
2: the vangio press conference is over for dolphins fans tune in the nfl network i'll talk some uh some more vic vangio give you some insight you didn't hear in the presser and then i'll talk a little bit about free agency so you'll get some insight from me i'll start with offense in the first hour defense in the second hour i'm giving you guys insight that, uh, that nobody else knows so come come join me uh there and uh yeah, we'll talk some ball. So this is my last uh, work assignment of the week. I got one day and I'm going to Puerto Rico for the rest of the week Sacker. to vacay Sacker. with uh, my wifey, and then I'm going getting back to the combine mode after that. But this is our time to try to get in some vacay, but I'm still working on a on a holiday for a lot of people. Uh so you
0: know, favorite song I've sent you over the last few days. Oh, uh the
2: three us uh, song was very good. Um, that was a very good yeah. one that you sent me. Like,
0: okay, yes. Yes.
2: I like that yeah, vibe. Was, you know, like I, to me, oh my yesterday, God, that was. I like, 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 trust me, my wife, my wife loves the cold weather. I love the warm weather mostly because this time of year I can let my window down and just vibe to some music with great weather. And that, that weather listening to that song, was was perfect um and so i'll vibe to that one for sure um the de la soul song you sent me uh i think was buddy buddy yeah, that was that was pretty
0: yeah. good too um so yeah uh, Q tips in it from um, yeah yeah from um well q-tip did uh solo stuff but he's with uh damn it what's the 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 other uh, rap band that he's with um ah tribe called quest man oh yes damn yes it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. All right. So, absolutely. there we, we, I was, I was sending him some stuff over the weekend after we talked. Yeah. We so had a whole we had a conversation way. about
2: rap music that, that yeah. I mean, I just arrested Fair. development. Oh, yeah. Tennessee is yeah. a great song. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. catching up, man. I'm catching up on stuff that was before my time, but I need to listen to. It,
0: so I'm I with know. it. All right, Cam. All right, enjoy your, uh Enjoy your afternoon. We will uh, talk to you later on in the week from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, be good, baby. There you go. The Wolf Pack has been unleashed.